leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are back again in the Breaking into Cybersecurity podcast series, and I am here with Amber Williamson. Say hi, Amber. Greetings. And as you all know, I am Renee Brown-Small, and we are here today to talk about Amber breaking into the industry. Now, Amber has some a fascinating background. She's a network and security engineer. She is a blogger. She has a ton going on. And so, Amber, I'm going to let you do your own introduction. I just want to know, tell us about yourself. Tell us when you broke into the industry why, what made you get so interested in cybersecurity to want to get into this industry and what you're doing today? So my profession has been by accident. Um, a particular family member wanted me to go into technology because back then in the 80s, uh, computers used to cost about two, three, four thousand dollars at a time. And of course, I didn't have that opportunity to have my own. So it was always a hand-me-down. So I had a hand-me-down Texas instrument computer where you just connected to a television and you see a black and white screen. That was it. I learned how to type. I learned how to play different types of games. And over the course of time, I had my own entertainment system. I had a Nintendo Classic. I had the Game Boy. I had the Sega Genesis. I had a pager. I had my own cell phone. I had every means that you could possibly think of when it comes to technology. But then around 98, 99, 2000, again, computers used to cost two, three, four thousand dollars at a time. Apple was making that comeback. Windows with the various makers like Gateway, IBM, uh, Toshiba, those were actually coming into the play. And I couldn't get my own computer, so I had a homemade build me up computer. So anything pertaining to memory, hard drives, uh, motherboards, those were replaceable. It wasn't until one of my relatives had an unfortunate accident with Cujo and Cujo tore up his hand. So guess who was repairing the computer? Me. <laughs> so I learned the intricates of spam. I learned the intricates of how to replace memory. I learned the intricates of how to connect things. And once I was able to connect those pieces together, my secondary career was it was over so when it came towards doing uh computer science as a as a full whole i didn't really go into that because my major at the time at college was chemistry pre-med so going to a hbcu we had to rely on the it department so they say they would take about maybe two to three weeks for them to come on campus to the dorms to actually set up the internet 
And lo and behold, I learned about what port 8080 means and I was able to connect on the internet and everybody else in my dormitory got connected and the trade-off was if you tell on me, I would disconnect your cable and your internet. <laughs> so, so after doing that and taking a comprehensive exam for uh, computers, I realized that, okay, maybe I don't know everything about computers because the things that I learned from high school, taking the typing class, it wasn't enough. So I actually got full immersed for a whole year, learning about Microsoft products, knowing how to type, doing PowerPoints to sell, access uh, databases. And from there, I changed my major three times. I, I continued doing a few computer science courses, but not to the full details. I just wanted to get out. When you in New Orleans, you party like you in New Orleans, but I wasn't doing a whole bunch of partying. I just wanted to get out. So graduated with a biology degree, Hurricane Katrina hit, come find a job. I said, okay, what am I going to do? So I ended up taking my little happy behind up there to DeVry and the rest is history. Was able to go to DeVry, get my second bachelor's in technical management, focus on computer science heavily because my mentor from high school said, going to computers is going to be the biggest thing. You won't regret it. And I don't regret it at all because I was able to excel throughout all of the courses that I had taken with a 4.0. I outshined the department because they were still struggling and I was up here doing all the coursework quickly. I was taking 18 hours at a time and graduated within a year. Wow. So after I did that, I worked there's an internship being very proactive in my career because I didn't learn that opportunity at HBCU because they were very uh, favorite. It was a lot of favoritism. It was a lot of chauvinistic things. Um, they know who they wanted to pry on. So that's who they picked for that time being. So after the learning the system at DeVry, then I was able to do what I had to do. And I started my master's program at one university, got kicked out because the work was too hard, too demanding. And, you know, this was the start of online courses in 20, 2007, 2008. So it was really computer science engineering, learning about embedded system, learning how to really do COBOL uh, programming languages. And I'm like, this is not for me. Didn't want to do that. So march my behind back to DeVry again. <laughs> This time I ended up going to Keller Graduate School, had all my classes transferred over for when I was at DeVry, finished my course program within a year because I ended up double majoring in two masters, one in information system management, the other one in network communication with a focus in wireless communication. And that was 40 hours working full time, would not get home till like midnight, one o'clock. When I go to bed to about four or five o'clock in the morning, doing homework, doing homework on the clock, the whole nine. So it was like, okay, I thought I was going to get this particular salary. That didn't work out. So it's not only having the degrees, you need to have the certification piece. So you start learning the system and start reading the job descriptions like you need this certification, you need X amount of years. So I did what most people would do is let's take the comp tier route so i did the comp tier route did the a plus net plus security plus and then when you wanted your organization to actually pay for those certifications that was always a trade-off basically you selling your soul to corporate america by extending another year or so if you do their continuing education programs so i said no forget it i'll go ahead and do it myself so i did a plus 
within two months because I did part one and part two past that. Uh, tried to do Network Plus, failed it at the first company. So I went to the second company and relapsed, went on ahead and regrouped, did Network Plus the second time, passed it. Security Plus a month after that, passed that, did ITIL, passed that. So it was like back to back to back, three certifications. And then, of course, with Corporate America, there's a whole bunch of layoffs. And it's like, okay, I got a degree. I got the certification. What am I supposed to do? You relapse. You did all the company. You did the ITIL. You started doing your Cisco and you relapse. So a couple of years, I regrouped myself, was able to find a program. And within that program, I was able to get the hands-on experience that I needed to do the Cisco certification. So I was able to get the CSINT and the CCNA. And then I ended up failing the CCDA, but that led me to getting that certification at the next job that I went to, passed it. And I started the journey on the CISSP and bombed that heavily, heavily. Mm -hmm. um, I don't recommend doing that particular certification unless you really have the years of experience or you just trying to do it because everybody else trying to get the certification and just go for the overall goal, which is I want to make that money. Mm -hmm. And honestly, money is money is everything is how you perceive money to be what your perspective in life as for what money can do for you. Then it can serve as a greater good versus being the root of all evil. Um, during this time in my work transition, I'll put it like that, um, I decided that I want to do other endeavors within me. So I am starting a little side um, mentoring program on Facebook, uh, reaching out to people. They ask the questions in the women in cybersecurity and they say they need a mentor. I said, okay, I'll mentor you, mentor you. And I go from having one to two to maybe 10 to 12 and I still can't keep up with them but it, it just shows that there's a need for those that want to go into cyber security so I don't regret it um, I'm back on the saddle right now for the CISSP and HUS State I'm a blogger um, I do have accountability partner that she throws the fire at me daily it's not weekly, it's not monthly, it's daily um, because of her. It's her trade-off that I'm able to say, okay, I help you, you help me. So it's like, okay, this is the best coaching session that I have. Maybe I can just refer her to a lot of the other peers and how you can become a better asset and be a better accountability partner in this particular industry because it's not easy for a woman. It's not easy for a woman of... Uh, the minority status because you have to go through so much adversity. Um, I've been in the industry documented for 14 years unofficially, probably over 20 years plus. Uh, because again, I wasn't that particular child that, okay, I'm going to play with Barbie dolls. I did that. That was a phase that was boring. <laughs> They did plain and simple. I was the one that was always at the STEM programs at Georgia Tech, learning how to create chemicals and things of that nature so i'm very analytical and hands-on because i'm just a little devil they're just plain and simple but the more i got more enthralled in and i reflect about having the tiger and entertainment gaming consoles i mean i had all of my play with them i had uh the 
Texas Instruments speak and say math and say, uh, I did a report in ninth grade about the evolution of calculators and how I had to beg everybody in high school, the math department, to let me borrow your calculator so I can go ahead and do a demonstration on the evolution of calculators and get an A on it. So, you know, it's like that idea concept always been around me. Mm-hmm. Now, when we look at security and the more that I reflect from 98.99 having my own homemade computer to now, it's like, okay, I learned about what spam was because the people from Nigeria saying we need X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. Then you realize, okay, that was a hoax. Um, I learned about the online conversations, uh, going into a band forum. Yeah, I'm telling on myself. Um, because, you know, you, you in high school, you're trying to learn what online messaging was, AOL and Yahoo, and you start pinging people and harassing them and black planning and all this other crap. And it's like, oh, now you know the real meaning of what is now social media. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you learn how to network, you learn how to play the game. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I don't forget about the college club, the Black Planet, or the AOL Instant Messenger, the Yahoo Messenger, stuff like that, because it built on a bigger platform for Facebook, Telegram, WhatsApp, and all these other mechanisms that we use that is still susceptible to security. I think the whole concept with security as a whole for my master's program and after taking the security plus the first time i did not know back then that it was a huge asset that we now call this cyber security we used to just call it information technology or information security but they really didn't know the full evolution of it so do i see the dynamics of it being changed into what is now cyber security yes i do because you can't just have one thing without the other cyber security is all around when it's all said and done and you have to make sure you know the basics before you can actually get involved in the different layers of security. So you can do hardware security, you can do application security, you can just do the boring stuff like risk and assessments, which I don't recommend at all. Or you can just get down to the nitty gritty like Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, things of that nature. I mean, it's so broad, but the need for people of not even of color, it's people in general. And they're not just necessarily male and female. It's, it's a bigger emphasis on women as a whole to get them in more STEM-related fields. But there is a greater need for those that actually wanting to learn and how to get involved in cybersecurity. Yeah. I mean, you touched on so many different points. I'll go back to the first one of the things that you said just now that just recently came up with a conversation that I was having right before this conversation. And it's interesting to me that there's so many women that were pre-med that have that analytical background, that have that technical, you know, you think about a pre-med student, you're driven, you have this analytical background, you're going to be smart, all these different things where you are preparing to go to medical school. And I was literally five minutes, like, five minutes before this conversation, having a conversation with a woman who was pre-med. And then she was telling me about these other, I believe three or four CIOs or CTOs who were women who were also pre-med and then eventually moved into this space, either information technology or information security. So it's just very, very interesting to see, you know, what we were talking about mainly was the, um, the type of background that, like you said, that STEM, that's, that STEM analytical mind that you had. You play with Barbies, it was boring. 
you wanted to be in there blowing stuff up in the chemistry classes, in the, you know, writing your reports, doing the hands-on work with the calculators, you know, and doing an evolution of calculators. Who does that? <laughs> you know, except people who are really passionate. You know, you have this passion for the industry. And it's just interesting. It's a, you know, that, that first point is very interesting that you brought up. Second, go ahead. I mean, when you go back to the pre-med aspect and shout out to Xavier University of Louisiana, which produced more African-Americans to, to the medical field as well as pharmacy program. I'm not going to say the person's name, but that person was in charge of the pre-med office. And going through the process, you know, this is your first year, you're home away from home. And the, the words that came out of his mouth was, your grades are so low to the point that you can't get into anybody's school. Okay, he's on his deathbed and I have four degrees. That tells you something right there. And he says that type of motivational tactic to try to discourage people, but in, in a way is more of fuel underneath the fire so you can be bigger and better than anybody else. And so I have had my share of adversity at that school as we're not going to make it. I had my share of adversity even in corporate America, not going to make it. And in it's and it's sad that it come from men, not of color, that says that you're not smart enough, you're not technical enough, you're not going to be somebody. Maybe you need to work in the health field, healthcare field as a, a registered secretary or whatever the case may be, or you just need to work in the help desk. And it's like, why are you judging? Everybody can't be privileged. You know, you have to learn how to do X, Y, Z. So it's like... If you don't want to give somebody a chance, then maybe you can do the work yourself, and then you could have kept your comments to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, I've heard in the past, and I've heard it, I've heard it across the board. Um, just I think as a whole, where people portray what they may not have been able to accomplish, or their dreams or their goals or whatever it is, and they either are one trying that quote tough love like oh you can't do it you can't do it and then you turn around and some people turn around and they do it um or yeah they definitely don't in their minds believe people can do it and you, you hear these kinds of stories from celebrities you hear i was watching what was i watching the other day um i forget which celebrity some comedian who talked about you know how many people told him that he would never be on stage you know um how many Tell me, you hear you hear these types of stories all the time where you hear high school teachers telling people, oh, you'll never amount to anything or you should go get a job doing, you know, the most menial work. And it's really finding, you know, being able to channel that passion. So, <clears throat> you know, someone like you and the other, all the other folks out there who you just keep plugging along and you find another avenue and you find another way and you find a way, like you said, now you have four degrees, now you have all of these various things and that person you know, probably it was a, who knows, it might have been a fleeting moment where that's what they thought, like, oh, I could say this and I can say that and um, might not necessarily realize what they're doing to a young person um, who is, or a young person's self-esteem who's looking to do stuff like that because everyone's not like you. You know, Amber's, um, okay, whatever, like, yeah, it hurt for a second, but I'm going to take this and I'm going to roll, I'm going to do something else and I'm going to prove to myself and to you too that, I can go back and get four degrees. I can go back and take all these certifications that a lot of people aren't able to necessarily get because um, I took, what did I, did I take network plus a security for one of them and 
I fell by like a couple of points. So I'm kind of irritated by that. <laughs> but I didn't go back the second time. You know, people like go back and they get the, you know, you get the work done. Um, another thing I want to bring up though is around, you talked about the different degrees and the different certifications. I want you to share with the audience about the experience that comes with that. Because a lot of times people think, okay, I got, I got the degrees, that's it. You know, you use the degrees along with the experience. You were doing the implementation. You were already playing. Like you said, I found out what port 8080 was. I was doing, you were doing things at the time. And so the degree was like a compliment or like even or a supplement. So talk to me about the experiences that you were getting um, while you were, you talked a little bit about it, but talk about it more like all the different experiences while you've been in, in these various roles. Because I think what tends to happen a lot of times is people say, oh, you know, I got the degree or, okay, I studied for the certification, but then they don't have any hard, they haven't actually played in the space. They haven't, they don't have the experience and that, that hurts them. Okay, I'm gonna break this down from primary up to now. From primary, you had your parents to teach you how to read, how to do basic math, learning how to do this, then the other. I had a parent that worked at night she slept during the day her sisters did not uh they advocated education but not to the standpoint as where they could be successful outside of high school level if that make any sense so it's more from pre-k on up to sixth grade is more okay here's your cousin where you're gonna copy and paste you're gonna learn how to cheat this than the other and you're gonna figure this way out with your a b average even though you get some c's in between this than the other but your overall final grade is gonna be an a b status and you keep it moving here come middle school you on your own all right you learn the system as for how to network and you do this than the other and you do xyz you get your a's and b's and keep it moving here come high school here's your career path as for what you're going to do how you're going to do and why you're going to do so you're going to either graduate with honors or you're going to graduate with regular or you're going to get that technical degree so i graduated with honors i took latin go figure didn't want to but i thought i was going into medicine go figure so i took the latin i was in the band i was drum major in the band so it was like when you have that stem mindset and the musical aspect then of course you have an analytical mindset because you know how to count four four three four two four whole no half no quarter no triple no quadruple no all, all this stuff you know about syncopation you know about the time signature the key signatures because you got the thing you multi-talented with your hands so you have to be ambidextrous and everything else in it so once you get that basic foundation like okay now you are an adult you going to college what are you going to do here's your career path for four years five years six years whatever the case may be and then you learn and the path that I was in from chemistry pre-med to microbiology to just a regular biology degree because I just wanted to get the heck on out of New Orleans because Sin City was what it was, Sin City. I learned how to finagle the system. And no offense to my classmates that are in pharmacy or medicine, but I have seen them cheated their way through the four years at that HBCU. <laughs> and so when you learn the system of how to cheat and how to network, then it's like, oh, it's just society as is. So 
taking all of the biology courses and the chemistry courses and the physics courses, you had to learn how to be analytical. You learn how to do a lab report. Here's your hypothesis, here's your statement, here's the procedures, here's your findings, what is your conclusion? So I learned how to do that type of stuff while I was there, which wasn't a problem, but then you need those type of skills to carry over to the next level. So by having that, that would lead me towards going towards IT. So with IT, you got to learn how to think. You got to think outside the box. Everything that you learned from theory is not going to actually work in the real world. They just the honest truth. Mm-hmm. Because we assume from childhood that theory is the way to go. But then when it's all said and done, if this actually happened in theory, and you do it in the practical, how come real real world experiences we're not getting X, Y, Z? So that's why you have to learn maybe more hands-on experience will actually pay off a lot more than relying on theory. Now, don't get me wrong. You do need the theory for the certification because it's that industry vendor and it's their material. So you have to learn it. But outside of the real world for the last three degrees that I got in IT, no, that was all hands-on experience. Yeah. I mean, I, I read it just because it was the vendor, but right. it was hands-on experience. So yeah. you can't just rely on one thing. You got to have two and three and four points behind it. So what would you, and that that's, that's such a valid point. I mean, the, the experience trumps, I tell, I tell people all the time, and I'm not knocking certifications, degrees, or any of that, because especially in some of the, if you're doing government contracting, if you're going into certain spaces, and if you're new, if you're new to the industry, it is good to get that education. But experience trumps everything. If you can get, put your hands on that keyboard and get the work done, then a lot of that, you know, a lot of this other stuff is the secondary. Or what I tell people, because I'm always coming from that HR recruiting background, what I've seen in my experience is when a person comes in, they can have all the certifications, and they might not be able to do the the work, the, the actual hands-on keyboard or whatever, the experience, versus the person with the experience and without all the degrees and certifications, the experience is going to trump it 99% of the time. Now, if you have the experience and all those degrees, and obviously that person has all the degrees without the experience, clearly you got the experience plus bonuses. But if it's one versus the other, it what I've seen in the, in in my career doing this is mostly um, experience overall. So Amber, if we have like two minutes left. Tell me if you were talking to you know you're talking to the audience out there. Um, tell them what is your recommendation when it comes to breaking into the industry one solid piece of advice that you would give to anyone who's struggling who's trying to break in what would you what would you tell that person i would definitely tell them to reach out uh linkedin is probably the best resource as well as facebook those private groups to try to find out what it takes to be in IT, definitely doing your research, what all you need to do to become successful. Um, I have no problem talking offline for 
various other tips and various uh, information about how to get into the industry. And also, I highly recommend anybody that's in the industry to have an accountability partner, uh, one person in mind that doesn't mind doing it for a price <laughs> will be Dr. Jennifer Hun on Torn Counseling and Recovery. Her website is torncounselingandrecovery.com and she can provide you with steps as well how to be successful if it's just testing anxiety or just trying to break into the industry as well IT because again it's so multifaceted especially in cybersecurity and everybody know that cybersecurity we don't sleep it's 24 hours 365 a day in a year you have to be diligent and just knowing what's out there and again my story is very evolving through my blogs on LinkedIn and even on my Facebook page that what I see is what I do. I walk it, I eat, sleep, breathe, die, cybersecurity. That's what I do. And that's what I want people to understand too. Um, and I know you usually get the last word, but I'm going to say it this time, this time. Amber eats, sleeps, drinks cybersecurity. And that's the difference. This is the one thing that managers say to me all the time, you hear it over and over again, and you hear about the passion behind the people who are successful in the field. And that passion shines through. I mean, we, were, we did an interview last week, and um, the person said, uh, Charlie, he said uh, that what, this is not a nine to five job. It is absolutely not nine to five. It is. 100% a person has to really, really know what's going on in the industry. And because everything changes so quickly, I mean, you're talking about, you're spanning back into the 2000s and you're talking about hooking up computers to your TV screen. And now probably somebody who, you know, who's two years out of school is laughing because they don't even understand what that means. And it's come a long way. You know, there were points in times I was, I was watching uh, something recently where we talk about Apple and we talk about the iPhone and we talk about apps and how there were no apps 10 years ago. You know, the iPhone is what, 10, 11 years old. There were no apps before then. So just think about these industries that are being changed and everything that's happening just from a technology standpoint, from a security standpoint. And if you're stagnant and you're not like, like you said, living, eating, breathing it, you just totally um, are just going to fall behind. But anyway, thank you, Amber. I really, really appreciated this. This was so awesome, um, giving everyone your background, your expertise, what you bring to the table, and having them reach out to you. I'm going to put your LinkedIn link in there, um, and they can reach out to you at any time and read your blog and check you out on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. All right, folks, we will see you next time on Breaking into Cybersecurity. Take care, everyone. Bye. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.